I would just egg it on. I would just like, I would just say random, like, like a random number in an interview and then, and then, uh, let just people... end the interview with four. Hello and welcome to another dead pixel, a podcast about games, movies, entertainment, life, everything in between. My name's Joe. And I'll be your host today for episode 30. And with me, the man who, as a young child, summoned an evil purple dinosaur with a chalkboard and a recorder. Nick. Hey, Nick. How did you summon Barney? Um, you have to, you have to, um, have you ever heard of adrenochrome? No. Do uh, explain. Adrenochrome is, um... It's uh, what uh, little children produce whenever you scare them very, very badly. Um, so you have to scare them very badly. And then you have to, um, there's a gruesome process of extracting it. But uh, that's basically what you have to do uh, in order to get adrenochrome. Without, this is YouTube, so I don't want to go too far into into so it. you just made a bunch of little kids pee themselves. That's how you did. Okay. It's, it's definitely more involved than that. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's not really something that I like to talk about a lot, but, uh, you know, I was young and I needed the money. So, um, there was a lot of people who were very invested in getting, uh, the dark, I'm sorry, Barney, um, into our realm. And I did what I had to do to, uh, put food on the table. All right. Well, the U S military sure loved your, your involvement with, um, the, uh, the famous, uh, torturing of, uh, Making people listen to "I Love You" That's again right. and again. It's the U.S. military that made me do that. That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll go with "made you." Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Under the Anyways, Clinton uh, administration. Yeah, how have you been? Uh, how's your Halloween? Good. I didn't do anything for Halloween. Um, as far as Halloween goes, I uh, I went up to Dallas and uh, hung out with my brother. We went to uh, tailgate at uh, the Dallas, or rather the Cowboys-Bears uh, game. Uh, so I know that you love the Chicago Bears uh, through and through with all your heart and soul. And uh, I, just got, I just got to watch the Cowboys crush and destroy them. Uh, so I hope that makes you feel good in your heart. It's okay, man. Uh, I was born and indoctrinated into the Packers, so no matter how bad they suck, I genetically I have to go for the Packers. I forgot so. about that, man. You must hate the Bears, then. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, uh, Packer fan, but then I have to, like, slap a different thing on my car. Like, there's Packers, but then I'll have to have, like, the Blackhawks or something. Like, yeah, man, don't keep my car. <laughs> yeah, you've got to, I mean, you got to protect your property because like i wouldn't want to be a packers fan in chicago that sounds like a, a dangerous game to play but yeah, yeah. anyway so I, I had a good time how was your halloween it was all right uh our little town had a uh had an event over the weekend where the small businesses dished out candy and stuff so we got to you know take the kids out for that and then uh actual halloween uh day uh my employer actually let us uh leave early because you know trick-or-treating stops at like seven and it gets dark by six so by the time you get home you it's already dark and then you have like one hour to trick-or-treat in the dark so yeah they let us leave early so we can go ahead and uh 
yeah, spend some daylight with the kids. And my neighborhood actually got really bumping. It was actually pre-COVID. There was like no one. You get like 10 kids, maybe a max, come to your door. And then I guess due to COVID and people you know, relocating, uh, we have a lot more kids in the neighborhood. And a lot of parents were like, yeah, uh, for like, you know, you want a shot? sure <laughs> so, <laughs> so we that sounds as far as gonna be. And, and then they're like yeah you want a bottle of beer i'm like sure so stroller and beers in hand uh, <laughs> that's awesome man uh, stroller yeah. stroller and beer I, I i will say too um a little bit of a psa uh today during lunch uh at work i went ahead i went out and i voted i voted early um so uh joe have you voted uh no not yet uh it's one of those things that i'll have to make the time to uh you know it's like i want to do the, the uh, uh remote ballot or whatever vote you know mail in but uh yeah usually i would go the day of essentially because that's when like i can be like hey em- employer at the time uh this this is my right and i'm t- i'm going to use it right now <laughs> that's actually pretty good i uh the last the last election some something we had some kind of special election i think last year uh, around or in December, and I went on the day. I didn't early vote or anything like that. I went on the day, and I had to wait a long time. Uh, and I was planning to just do that again uh, this year, but then I was like, why don't I just try to go early? I did, and it it was uh, it was very quick. I was uh, very glad. I had to wait for like thirty seconds, but I was the only, only one waiting. And then somebody opened up and got right in there. I just... no, we tried doing that last time with the presidential elections and we're like, uh, it was madness uh, going early. And in fact, the first couple of times we're like, and we're just going to leave now. We are not going to wait this long. Uh, and it's also pretty difficult because you have to find time to do something you know, like with the kids. So it's, you know, it's not like I can just, you know, well, I could just leave them in the car, but, you know, that's, you know, it's frowned upon. So In, in Chicago in November. Yeah, that's. It's definitely going to be a, a warm environment. Yeah, but so anyway, I was just going to say, uh, if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you haven't voted yet and it's before November 8th, uh, go vote. Um, it's important. Vote. Vote hard. Uh, yeah, that's all i got to say. All right. That's uh, good. You know, good enough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, do you uh, think people should vote? It's they should if they want to complain because therefore they can either complain that they made the right decision or the wrong one and if they just if they don't know enough well that's their own damn fault that's kind of that's kind of what i think too like i'm kind of like maybe some people shouldn't vote but i know that the people that shouldn't vote really probably won't vote um so i just kind of think about it that way and um i think more people should just get involved but it's because it's like if you're thinking about voting, it's like, well, should I look up stuff? And you're gonna look up stuff, and you're gonna be just gonna be more aware. So, like, telling people to vote to me is is like telling people to pay attention rather than yeah, just pay attention, vote. but also be careful because a little bit of knowledge uh, goes wrong real quickly, like WebMD. So, on that note, uh, let's get into the news. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's that sounds good to me. Uh, do you want me to go? Let me say what I have to yeah, say. Yeah, sure. All right. So what so what are some of the things you got? So um the biggest news uh from the news gods that came down from on high, um, because there really wasn't a whole lot this time around. But uh what we do have as of today, uh November third, 
AMD has just uh, announced, uh, they did their presentation on uh, the Radeon RX 79 XTX and 7900 XT. I know I said some of those words wrong, but you get the picture. The uh, the 7000 series for the AMD Radeons. Um, I don't have all the information on this because I, I kind of woke up from my nap and saw that it was that uh, it had been announced and I was trying to look it up and I didn't have enough time to, to finish up with all that. But I did see the price and the release date. Um, so I'll just say that real quick and then you can tell me what you know about, about all this stuff. Um, so the RX 7900 XTX is going to be the bigger card and that's going to be right at $1,000. The 7900 XT, that's 1X less than the other one. Uh, is a little bit little bit weaker card, and it's going to be right at $900. And uh, they are planned to release December 13th, 2022. So not too long to wait. Um, but uh, as far as like how good these cards are and stuff, I don't know yet. I was wondering if uh, if you had touched on, if you could touch on that a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, like I said, the, this just went live like a few hours ago. Uh, so of the time of this recording, and we ended up uh, from what I've gathered, the uh, the seventy nine hundred uh, XTX is their flagship model, and it's one of those things that it's uh, you know all numbers you know in a row. It's like it is not going to be as as good as the uh, the forty ninety. Uh, I mean, there might be some in, there's some cases where uh, the you know AMD cards run better, but as a whole, the uh, if you want just pure power, uh, you know, like then it, sh- it looks like anyways, the forty ninety will still be that. Uh, but yeah, you're also paying uh, sixteen hundred, I believe, for the forty ninety, uh, opposed to the one thousand uh, for the MSRP of the seventy nine hundred XTX, and. Also, your uh, the big one of the big things is the uh, you have the same the same memory size for both, so it's going to be uh, 24 uh, gigs, and they're both running a DDR X or DDR 6X, I believe. Um, and I'm going to kick myself if I'm wrong for that one, uh, but it's about a hundred watts less in power consumption for the Radeon card. So you're looking at uh, I think it's 355 opposed to 450. So 95 watt difference. And that's a huge amount, especially for those who uh, don't necessarily want all that power consumption. Uh, But, you know, essentially the 4090 is just pure power for, you know, power's sake and, you know, everything be damned. So that's kind of, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh, But if you want, you know, watt per, uh, you know, like best uh, value per dollar, then you're looking at, uh, Radeon's probably going to give you a pretty good uh, value proposition, but uh, it, from the numbers they com- they showed, they only compared with themselves. They didn't compare it to any uh, NVIDIA cards out there. Oh. So the slideshow, well, it's nice to at least compare it for, you know, when you're looking at the 6,000 know, models and stuff like that. Uh, but it looks like there's not going to be the, the uplift in ray tracing isn't necessarily what people wanted to see because i was thinking if i remember correct it was showing like 1.5 to 1.7 times better than the previous gen um which is good but nowhere near like if you look at the 4090 
uh, in comparison to like the 3090 Ti, it's just uh, it's leaps and bounds better. Uh, so, oh, okay. and then uh, then also a lot of the Radeon numbers are slightly skewed because they're you're running a FRS, um, which is the uh, you know it's their upscaler kind of uh, compatibility with that and. You know, but overall, it is a solid card for a solid price, and it's going to be, um, it's going to be really hard to argue that because you're like, well, you know, oh, it's a weaker card, yeah, but it's priced way better. So, uh, and I still think it's going to run anything you want, pretty much. Uh, you know, with with the lack of you know ray tracing chops, everything else should be more or less pretty suitably fine. But we'll see when it comes out because who knows? And plus, we when you got the um when you get the the partner cards that come out they'll they can tweak those to their heart's content uh the big thing about this one too is that it's running a chiplet design uh meaning that it's the it's kind of running like the their current series of um cpus so it's just um the it's actually fabricated a little bit different and it's uh it should the hope is it makes it uh easier to make uh lowering the cost and hopefully you know and the performance will we'll see how that performance really pans out because it's the first time they've done that with a gpu so yeah it's exciting it really is it was just like uh i was i was glad i was able to look up you know, look it up beforehand and uh we'll see come uh was it december 13th yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of looking at the gamers nexus video that they released uh, a few hours ago um, I didn't get to watch all of it, but um, but it kind of looking at it, they did kind of mention too that the presentation started talking about like 8K stuff or something like that. And it's because of the uh, it's because of the Display Port. Uh, so the uh, they they are updating the Display Port to 2.1 opposed to 1.4, which is standard, uh, which then gives it the bandwidth, not the full bandwidth of a uh, 2.1, but it'll at least get you you know. So it's starting to lean towards that, but no monitors have that capability yet uh this that's supposed to be targeting early uh 2023 is when the first monitors will come out with the display port 2.1 so that can theoretically use that bandwidth okay yeah yeah so uh so anyway they were talking about on gamers nexus just that like it was a like it was kind of a dumb thing to start talking about like ak uh it's yeah. like technically possible but it's like you wouldn't actually want to do that on this so it's sort of silly, just like stepping on their own, on their own tails there. Um, but uh, I mean, I'll have to wait and see. I'll have to let some people get their hands on this, hopefully before December eighteenth. Uh, but I mean, between this and the and the Nvidia cards, like, like I'm probably gonna go with with this if if I can buy any card, I'll probably go with with uh with this card because. It's so much cheaper. I mean, for like the Nvidia cards are just insane. They're just like twelve hundred dollars for for some of the weaker cards and sixteen hundred for the forty ninety. And it's like yeah, I believe it was the forty eighty that's priced at twelve hundred. And so this is almost targeting that as far as price point. Uh, but it also has, um, like I said, it's a it's a fair price. It has the high enough um, memory size, so. Uh, it's it, the the cores are the only thing that's really lacking um or in theory but it's 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 once again it's a lot of its marketing it's i mean a, it's like a lot, like you know. i just needed to be able to to play games at 
4K 60 FPS. Like that's that's like my baseline for what I'm looking looking for. And you know, for a thousand bucks, if it can do that, then then that's what I'm that's what I'm after. Uh, for for the most part, you know, like if it can do better, that's that's what I prefer. But I mean, like that's that's where I'm at. And then everything else, that should be the most intensive thing that I do with it. Some video editing can be can be pretty intensive, uh, and so I, I want I want a card that can handle that better than my current card because that struggles now. But it's doable. But I just want something that can handle it better. So I mean, like th- this to me is is about what I was expecting, um, and it's the right price point I think because like the AMD or the the Nvidia cards they're just man they're just so expensive. But I don't know. I, I guess uh, do, do you think that that the uh, performance is going to be is going to be worth it, or do you think that it, there is there is like a better there's like a use case for hey. 1600 for the 4090 is is a, a a better deal if you're going for there's certain I don't know if there's some kind of world There's that, a practical use case and that's on that is if you uh if you are like a graphic designer if you use if you're using uh systems like Blender or something if you're doing 3D modeling if you're an actual you know that kind of uh concept you know that's what you that's what you're going to use it for uh, and that's where it'll pull away, essentially, uh, as far as you'd want one over the other. Um, the power. other bit is if you're if you're fanboy, then yeah, you're gonna want to go with um, stick with what you're you know what you th- with you what you like. There's they're always gonna be there, uh, but at the same time, there are a couple features that you know Nvidia will have. They have the uh, DLSS uh, three that's coming out, and that's uh, that is only on the new four thousand series cards. Uh, and that's the, when they show you like how um, cyberpunk goes from, you know, like, uh, you know, low frame rate to a high frame rate. And it's because it's using that. It's like, OK, that's some neat stuff. But as a whole, the average person isn't going to need it. Plus, uh, that card's just overkill. Uh, it's mostly a bragging rights issue. Like at this point, you're like, yeah, if you're any major influencer, uh, if you're you know doing any tech channel, yeah, you're going to want it because that's going to it's your showcase you know plus if you're buying it out of pocket and you actually make a living um you yeah, know as you an can write it off of some sort exactly you're going to try to write that off you're going to be like hey here it is so and also and, i mean for that you don't want any excuses like if you have even like a thousand people even like even like a couple hundred people who are watching you every night you know you don't want any excuses for why a game didn't work what didn't something didn't perform as well as it could reasonably i mean i guess you get some titans in there to really make sure everything performs perfectly but yeah like you're gonna want the the highest end card if you're making a living off of it yeah and that's once again it's you know honestly you for for the most people especially with the prices going down you can still get the flagship models of last gen you know so you can get the 39 3090 3090 ti and that's still overkill uh for the average person uh it depends on you know but it depends on what kind of lifestyle. Because if you're going to be buying the newest OLED TV, then you'll probably have the money to burn to, to buy the 4090. And that's just, and plus you're, you're probably not even thinking about anything else because you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. This is what I want. And so be it. That's for you. But if you're going to try to build a more budget friendly PC that can still play anything under the sun, uh, you know, and you don't necessarily care if it's on ultra settings, you can, and you don't mind it being on high settings. 
uh, and still running super buttery smooth, then yeah, that's this is more in line with that. Yeah, so. yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the place that I want to be because you can, you know, you can be at the tippy top for for a few weeks or a few months, uh, but eventually there's gonna be another card, and you're gonna how much money you're gonna spend to to stay at the top for for that long, you know. Um, now, one of the things I that made me go with uh, the thirty, uh, the thirty eighty, or the three thousand series, opposed to six uh, six thousand series cards uh, from Radeon, was I did like the features like uh, Nvidia Broadcast. Uh, I do like you know that suite of features, and that's one of the reasons why I went with Nvidia. Uh, and I do like the fact that you know for me it was. I was finally putting big money down, and so I kind of didn't care because I was willing to dish it out. Um, and that's why I wanted something with the good visuals, ray tracing, and so forth. And I had gotten myself a a relatively new 4K TV. I mean, it's it's old and it's uh, inadequate to, to today's standards, but that's you know, at the time it was it was great. I can, and I wanted something to play uh, like Flight Sim Simulator uh, at 4K. So that's why I went with. Uh, uh, yeah, I went with the 3080. So, yeah, because it can handle it. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, TVs, uh, the C2 is getting some pretty good discounts. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm thinking really hard about grabbing one of those. Um, so the question is, what's the difference between the C2 and the C2 Evo? Because I just saw the Evo been popping up more often. Okay, there you go. Now you have something else to worry about. Uh, yeah. There's a C2 Evo. Um, the, uh, I, well, I was just, uh, looking around and the C2 was winning maybe it was the Evo or something, but the C2 was winning a lot of rewards for like best TV of the season or whatever. Um, and the 65 inch came down to a somewhat more reasonable price, not to talk about TVs forever, but, but, uh, it's at 1700 right now, most places. Um, so that's. That's you know after taxes that's going to be like eighteen fifty or nineteen somewhere in there, um, so that's doable. It's doable. It's a lot, but it's doable. And daggummit, I need a, I need a four K TV, and I think I'm going to have to do it because like because like otherwise I'm just going to be waiting. Uh, because it's going to go back up after Christmas. So I mean maybe it won't, but I think it'll go back up after Christmas after the holidays. I mean come Black Friday, you know that's that's the time to pounce on anything if you want it now. Yeah. Either that or wait till Memorial Day. Yeah, I'll be waiting at least until Memorial Day, if not till next Black Friday, and then we'll be in the same boat again. So I need to jump on it, especially with the th some of these games coming out. But we'll see between this and the and the Radeon card. Was kind of I wanted to wait and see what Radeon was going to have um, to make a, a, a informed decision about which way to go. Again, the cards can be so much more useful, but uh, so many choices. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I think, I mean, that's pretty much all I had to say about, about, uh, these cards, but, um, I mean, really a hundred dollar difference for the XT and the, uh, and the X yet and the XTX, um, is there really a reason why you would go for the cheaper card? I mean, if it's, if you're already spending 900 is a hundred dollars more really going to make that much of a, of a difference to you? I mean, they didn't actually talk a lot about the information about the uh, 79 XT. So I actually don't, you know, I, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, now, 
honestly, it, yeah, once again, like, yeah, you hit a certain threshold of price and you're like, well, what's that, you know, what's an extra 10%? Uh, yeah, I mean, if like I get that, like, so. if I get like 20% more, if I get 11% more power for for 10% more price, like, you know, I just don't understand like why they're so close together. It seems like who's going to buy the the XT? It's It seems weird to me, but... I don't know. I guess we'll yeah, find out. I mean, those those who, there are people on a tight enough budget where it's just, you know that little bit will make a difference. Uh, I mean, I know enough, they like, exist. You, will, you push it as far as you can go, and if you can stretch it there, that's fine. But sometimes you need to know when not to overreach, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it just seems I like mean, like AMD might have come into like a little bit of a no man's land where they're like, well, you know, we need to put it out, and need these need to be the specs, and just the price, we just can't really can't really push the XTX to to 1100 because then we'll be kind of competing a little bit too closely with NVIDIA. I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of Goldilocks situations that they've fallen into. Well, the XTX can't be too high for a couple of reasons, one of which is pretty much that ray tracing performance. I mean, you can't uh, you can't justify a certain, you know, they, they push, they by keeping it down, you make it more entertaining and more uh, a value prospect for most, the average consumer. Uh, you know that sticker shock is real right you know it's like well if i'm going to be sitting by two two different flagships looking at it like is is this one really six hundred dollars more better more you know like better. that is yeah it is 60 percent more uh do i get 60 percent more performance uh you know it's like that's what you're looking at you're like you know can you justify that also at the same time you know you can't uh radeon can't necessarily say this is uh this is comparable to the 4090 we are comparing it to the 4090 because it's their flagship you're looking at the xtx versus the 4090 their top end models they're having but in reality it's probably a closer fit to um the 3080 yeah you know it's i mean that's so that that's what that's where i would be like really trying to compare it um as far as like what i would actually buy because i probably wouldn't buy the 4090 um i wasn't thinking about buying the 4090 but uh yeah you're right the, the closer comparison is probably the, the the 4080 and the xtx um and if uh but i mean like if the xtx is a little bit better than the or even the same as the 4080 then you know you're still getting a much better uh price for power you know comparison yeah, there uh, you're saving two hundred dollars uh, you know, like I said, and then it depends on whatever bespoke features or whatever that one has over the other. And then you can really start splitting hairs at that point. True. Uh, but like I said, it's just it's very easy to compare the top end flagships to one another. And there isn't a comparison per se. It's yeah, you know, it's uh, so that's that's all there is to it. It's like, you know, AMD has has always been a good value proposition for the most people. Um, and if you want to pay for it, NVIDIA has the power that you're seeking. Yeah. Uh, and that's really it. So, yeah. yeah. So, so right. I think I'm going to try it out. And then, uh, cause I never had an NVIDIA card, but uh, I did have some problems with building this PC. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering about that, but I'm going to try it out, I think. And uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Yeah, uh, for sure, man. Uh, so December 13, you're going to wait in line. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Definitely. Maybe. <laughs> You got to vlog that shit, right? So, all right. Do it for the podcast. <laughs> Live on the streets, you know, a reporter, Nick. 
I'm right there. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Uh, so what else you got for us? Yeah. So there was another thing. Um, all the rest of this news is, it's a little bit kind of different. We're going to get into the video game stuff. Um, so Square Enix, um, they had a uh, kind of a, I don't know what you'd really call it. They had some kind of, um, it wasn't really an AR game or anything. It, it wasn't, it was sort of just this mysterious advertisement um, where they used the word symbiogenesis or maybe they use some other word. Regardless, it it got some people riled up. It uh, woke the Parasite Eve fan base, um, which if you don't not if you're not familiar, Parasite Eve was a um, horror RPG that came out on the PS One back in the '90s. It has a it has a kind of a cult following for it, and um, people were getting excited. They were thinking, oh, they're gonna oh they're gonna remake. Parasite Eve because some of the words that they used in this, um, regardless, uh, Square Enix finally re- revealed what they were talking about in sort of a lackluster way. So I kind of wonder, I'm kind of wondering if they saw the people, saw people thinking this was one thing and they needed to go ahead and dispel that. Um, cause it seems like, it seems like an announcement without much fanfare. Anyway, this thing is called Symbiogenesis, and it is an NFT game where people can do stuff in the game and gain NFT art um, and stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, people, when they found out about this, that it was not Parasite Eve, anything to do with Parasite Eve, really, they were not happy Um and uh, some people on Twitter, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter were just like, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's kind of just some some of the stuff that's going on. But um, but Square Enix does seem like they have kind of jumped into the NFT game uh, wholeheartedly and, or somewhat wholeheartedly. And it's, I don't know, to me, it's too late. Like that. Oh, it's it's way too late. It's but that it's very Japanese in the sense that the old curmudgeon man on top, like, you know, what's this NFTs these kids have been talking about? And like, Grandpa, that's literally so last year. But okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, NFTs are such a is it such a an interesting prospect for companies. I see why they were immediately attracted by them because like we can give them literally nothing. Or literally a piece of art, JPEG, and it's and make money off of it, and it's just like, I mean, art is literally like, I mean, companies like shit out art constantly, so all I'm the time. I'm curious how I'm not, I don't know anything about the NFT market in Japan, but I can also see this going like being very big in Japan because certain things when it comes to collectibles, the whole gotcha system, uh, that's bread and butter over there they they make lots of money off all that stuff and this can totally be in that same vein so while we all scoff at it you know possibly could you know the numbers can show that hey this is going to make gangbusters in japan and that's all we needed to do we don't need it to make it you know big in the rest of the world yeah we'll get some suckers out there but for the most part we're only fishing in our small pond so i mean you bring up you bring up a good point where like japan is pretty well known for having uh, collectibles of any type of thing you could possibly think of. Um, 
and NFTs would be the digital, the digital version of that. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think if a company could, I don't know, man, I think if, if you could make an NFT and make it stick long enough, there's just no, there's just no way to like that. There's just no way to actually create scarcity. Like if you make, if you print a book, uh, like you print an art book for, with a game and it comes out and then 10 years later, like no one wants to make that art book again. Technically it's possible, but no one's going to do it. Then that creates value because of the scarcity of the thing that people want and enjoy. Uh, and it's a physical thing that you can physically move and sell. But with an NFT, you can just copy it because it's just a JPEG. It's numbered, son. That makes the world a difference. Everyone knows that. Without it having that serial number on it, that's all that matters. No, it's you and I are in the same boat. NFTs are silly. Uh, I'm sorry. not going to beat this dead horse anymore. Uh, we're going to bore everyone to death about this. I think so. that is that is the right move. I think that's 100% the right move. <laughs> all right, what else you got for us? Uh, next up, uh, the Modern Warfare 2 composer. Uh, she quit. I think it's a she. Um, her name was, yeah, Sarah Shoshner, um, S-C-H-A-C-H-N-E-R. Uh, sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but she quit, uh, working on Modern Warfare 2. She said that, uh, I can no longer continue to compose music for Modern Warfare 2. Over the past couple of months, the working dynamic with the audio director has become increasingly challenging and I don't see any path forward. Um... As of now, I'm unsure of the status release plan. Uh, it's been taken out of my hands. And she said something in here that was a little bit more interesting. Um, okay, yeah. While I don't have any control over how the music is presented in game, what will be released on the soundtrack is not my artistic intent in regards to mixing and mastering. Um, and she said some other stuff here or there, but that was kind of the main main thing. It was not my uh, it was not to my artistic intent. So. Uh, you know, like this caught my eye because like I thought it was a very strange way to quit um, a, a way that seems to be becoming more common. Um, I just don't think this, this kind of way of this way of quitting is very smart. Like if like, it just sounds horrible. It's like, you're not alleging anything. You're just saying that you don't, like working with the person anymore because of some reason that you're not going to say, like, I just feel like this hurts your prospect of getting another job. Maybe not the very next job. But it's like the one after that. It's like, I mean, like you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to crap on the company that you just worked for. Like that's, yeah. It's one of those things that it's, um, uh, it's I understand I can see both points of this uh you know you you shouldn't uh you shouldn't most definitely uh drag the company that you were in beforehand through the mud but at the same time the company we're talking about here uh the only thing is just like man I really hope like a couple months down the road I don't hear about like this other allegations popping up you know post this because th that could also be the most quiet and polite way to leave being like differences of work opinion and I'm not going to try to really bring up a lawsuit or something like that. Cause you know, it would be a shame if they're, if that's the reason they left. Um, 
But yeah. at the same time, you're also looking at it like maybe that person's just a monster to work with. Who knows? Uh, and there, or maybe they're about to get thrown under the bus, being like, "Hey, all this is your fault." Uh, and they're like, "You know what? The only way to step out away from this is if I come out first, and I'm leaving the project." But at the same time, I'm throwing down the groundwork, saying, "Hey, uh, I'm the one who had the problem here." And that way, when they, you know, if when the you know, push comes to shove, they can't say, hey, it was it was this person all along, you know, it's like because you're still working for them because you've uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, th- so that's probably the best. That's probably the best uh, scenario that makes that uh, that makes the most sense for her uh, to be in the I guess in the right here or whatever, because to proactively to proactively get out and more or less cle- wash your hands of it first uh, before if something else is going to happen. Uh in theory, but once again, let's it, you know who knows. I just hope that there's nothing uh, more malicious or malevolent in the background. So, well, I mean, if cause... if there is, it's like you've got to you've you've got to go to the, the the law. If you know you don't talk about it, just go to the the justice system and start getting that worked on. Because anything you say, you know, outside of that can severely hurt your chances of being able to make the justice system work for you. But, um, but yeah, I think you're probably right. Like there's probably going to be some blame that's going to get tossed around for this or that, something or other, um, either in the company or out outside of the company. And she, it sounds like she wants to make a public statement where she's like, I'm going to go ahead and say my piece first, allude to it first so that nobody can come, come behind me and say, Oh, it was her, you know, blah, blah, all the time. So that actually does make the most sense. But it just seemed seemed kind of weird, and like you said, yeah, like this might be the canary in the coal mine for something else that's going to happen because it is Activision. So <laughs> you know, um, anyway. But we did make predictions about who would, what what company would be on the most fire this you know the, the following year. So yeah, this does uh, this does count toward that. But uh, they've actually they've actually done better than I thought they would have. But maybe I'm just not really paying attention. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Uh, so what else you got for us? Uh, one more sort of major story. Uh, Hideo Kojima went on a podcast with uh, Jeff Keeley, whatever Jeff Keeley's, I think it's Jeff Keeley's podcast. He went on there and um, they talked about a bunch of stuff, but he addressed the, uh, the conspiracy theories um, that surround him with a game called Abandoned. Uh, this is a game that's being worked on by the Blue Box Studio, which I think is they're the same guys that are doing the Silent Hill remake. Is that is that right? No, a blooper. Blooper. Never mind. Well, anyway, um, this is a uh, a game being developed by Blue Box, and. Um, there was uh, some things that led people to believe that Hideo Kojima um, is actually working on this game in conjunction with them or some kind of weird, crazy, um, you know, shell corporation game is or is being made to, in order to create this game. Anyway, he, he went on this podcast and he kind of addressed that. He said, like, you know, I have created a shell corporation before in order to... Um, to uh, market for, for for the Metal Gear games, but I wouldn't do that again. And uh, and uh, you know, I get me, I get. Uh, he said he gets um, 
deep fakes and like weird audio stuff uh, from people. He said he gets like 20 a week on, on Twitter and it, it's, it's just annoying to him. So I think he wants people to stop. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, that, well, how do you say it? He's done, he's done enough in his career all about faking out and making, or like putting people through the ringer, making them think one thing and surprise, you know, pull the wool off from your eyes. And it's, you know, it was this all along. He's, he's like the M night of the gaming world. Uh, yeah, he is definitely, I mean, he's definitely earned that reputation and, uh, but I I think this might have been under his own podcast, like uh, because I know he has he created his own bo- pro- uh, podcast, um, uh, brain structure. Uh, I that, mean, oh, I, I remember it was it. announced yeah. a while ago. Yeah, that's so, it. You're I'm, right. Okay. It's sorry. Yes, yeah, so I was speaking uh, on a spot, Spotify podcast, brain structure, uh, and then he brought Jeff Keighley on. Okay, so it's kind of weird. I figured he would have addressed it earlier. I guess that's why what I had in my mind. He would have addressed it earlier. If he had his own podcast, thought he was doing other stuff, or um, it's only it's it's only a handful of episodes in, from what I remember. It's like it should have just been started not that long ago. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 neat that he's talking about weird things like that. Um, but yeah, it it must suck to to get that that kind of um, uh, fan you know fan mail as it were, because a lot of people really love his stuff and a lot of people take him a little too serious i guess dude i mean um, if i were him and i were in that in that predicament i would just egg it on i would just like i would just say random like like a random number in an interview and then and then uh let just people... end the interview with four or and then just and then just just leave it just let it like trail off and you know everyone's like what was that <laughs> and then the next episode just be like 12 <laughs> and then after enough episodes someone's gonna be like well if you if you turn it into the greek letters and then you like no, and, you know and you spell like, it backwards you know it's just it's like numerology and you're like saying like penguin and giraffe at the beginning and all kinds of stuff man yeah that's what i would do i would just lead into it and just let the conspirators like go go at it man i would i would have a lot of fun with that but i guess it'd probably blow up a lot more Anyway, so that was kind of a fun little dumb story. Um, that's pretty much it for the news. Um, they announced the Witcher 4 director um, and then God of War Ragnarok's getting rave reviews, which I'm a bit dubious about, but uh, we'll see. That comes out later this month, right? Uh, I believe so. I know they've already started doing um, releasing, uh, like uh, Digital Foundry did a PS5 review over that, and... Uh, I'm really curious about it, but I kind of don't want to play it until I can play it on PC because I played the previous one, PS4. I uh, really loved it, but I feel like the PS4 version is just something about it's just going to be not as good. Well, um, it's This is more clearly for the PS5. I did so. I did read, yes, it's more clearly for the PS5. I did read, like no spoilers, but I, I did read that... Um, it will run on the PS4. It's just going to make the PS4 sound like a jet engine. I mean, I know it already does, but it's going to, they said it's going to like really send it into overdrive. So a PS4 pro would be probably the, the, the weakest system I would try to play it on. Do you know, have they said when they're going to try to get this out on PC? I haven't even bothered paying attention to be honest. I would assume it'd be like a year, right? 
Yeah, it's it's usually it's you know like Sony's been getting better about it, but I yeah. was I was just assuming that it was going to be six months to a year out. Um, Man, six months know. would be fast for this game. I feel like that'd be really fast. A lot of games are being built on you know PC already, and like now that uh, now that they're already taking a PC centric you know like focus, it's now it's no longer being like, hey, now let's convert this PS four PS five game to PC. It's like, hey, we already know this is coming to the PC, so we can already kind of do whatever prep work we need to get it to make it a smoother transition. That's what I'm looking at. You know, I I can see them, you know, a year at the most. I think so. Yeah, I think about a year. You're right. Like, I mean, we've all we've we've all already known that that they're building all these on PCs, and it's it's just a matter of it's it's just a matter of marketing and controlling the money flow, uh, which is why they keep them on consoles for as long as they do. But yeah, they probably will shift over. You probably don't have all that long to wait. I would say yeah, six months to a year, somewhere in there, uh, just in time for next for next holiday season. I'm sure. Um, yeah, so that's it. But uh, so that's it for the news, man. All right. Oh, uh, that's honestly, uh, luckily for uh, think lucky for us, uh, AMD had got to take most of that brunt of that news section. Yeah, yeah, I'll count your lucky stars. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, I'll I guess I'll go over what I've been playing. Uh, so recently, uh, Game Pass had gotten to. Uh, drop the new persona or the new uh persona 5 finally came out for uh the royale version uh and i was been able to play that on my phone uh so i've been doing that on the the streaming cloud service just using normal band you know phone bandwidth and you know it hasn't been that bad uh i mean i'm playing it with the virtual controllers and that's probably the worst part about it um <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Not as precise movements as I would like it, just roaming the world. But honestly, uh, I mean, not as buggy as I was expecting it, or has it has been in the past? I should say it's. It seems like a game that would be a really good option for for that because, as far as I know, it's not really action actioning. There's not really quick timed controls, uh, is there? During during the story bits, uh, it's perfect for that. You know, it's like you literally, you know, the dialogue sequences and everything. Like, yeah, it's just working precisely. Just hit one button, confirm. Every now and then, choose between some dialogue options, and then the combat, uh, turn based. So, yeah, it's honestly pretty awesome. Uh, I, it looks really good, and uh, the only different, the only thing I found is occasionally get some stutters or hiccups in the uh sequences you know and sometimes sound can be a little bit laggy just by you know a fraction of a second so you know cutscene you'll see someone you know get hit and then you'll hear just just a just a slight delay and you're like mm, okay that's kind of it's enough to be annoying but i'm not a deal breaker yeah so. yeah i mean like uh, uh have you ever thought about getting um those like phone controllers that like wrap around your phone and plug in on the side. Yeah. I thought about, or just the, even the plastic, the attachment that hooks to your like uh, Xbox or PS uh, PlayStation controller that have the cradle and then you pop in the phone. I thought about buying those. I'm not necessarily convinced that this is the way I want to continue in the future, but uh, well, I mean, I was it just, might be. I was just wondering because you know. do seem to play the the cloud versions a little bit more um because that's i i'm really interested in seeing how it comes along because i haven't done it in, since um 
uh shoot i can't remember the name of the game now but uh i haven't done it for a few months now and uh it was it's more like it's a fascination i want to see how much it comes along because you when you hear about it with uh you know with the switch with games like kingdom hearts and stuff you just hear like horror stories (laughs) so i i always like to see how that comes along with the uh, xbox i know other companies have had better um better success uh with some of the other tech but for me it's just like this is all i have and i'm kind of curious to see about that when it comes to streaming uh it's gotten better in my opinion or at least this game has is better than some of the other ones i've played and uh it's it's one of those things that you know i don't have a lot of time during the day and sometimes during lunch or something like that i just want to like you know quick uh take my mind off something decompress and it's it's fun to you know for you know 45 minutes or something just jump into a game quick play it and you know just you know come back to it later so i think it's uh it's nice that it's a nice feature that it's there uh you know does it work you know perfectly no but i'm honestly not expecting that uh i it also gets me excited to see where tech will go in the future so that's that's kind of what it is is like as far as persona 5 as a whole goes this game um i played a little bit of the original five when it first came out and then I just, I, it got shelved for a while. I forget, just other games, you know, other things in life. And then what happened was the, uh, they, they announced the Royal coming out on the same generation of console. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I kind of went, well, what's the point of me finishing Persona 5 if I'm not going to even be able to transfer data or anything like that? And I'll have to restart from scratch for, with Royal. And so I just kind of never finished Persona 5. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to finish this to be honest either because I don't have that much time in my life anymore. That was, you know, the amount of time it would take me to play through that game, but I mean, it's still a fun game. I mean, did you know when you started Persona 5 for the first time how many hours it's expected oh, yeah. to finish or expected to take? <laughs> I mean, I feel like Persona 4 Golden, I I beat that. I got the true ending or whatever. And I don't feel like it was 100 hours. I feel like it was like, you know, 70 or 80. Is that am I just not remembering that right? Did you actually get the, the true ending? Yeah, I got the true ending. Okay, because I remember you gave up on that game uh, after well, a while. That's... I got, I didn't get all the endings, but I got the, I got the good. Maybe I just got the good ending. I think the true ending was like fifty million. Is that, is that the final, last, very last possible thing to do? And you have to complete uh, every other. You don't. Thing? You don't have to do. You don't have to do everything uh, to get it. But it is generally an easier way. To, the easiest way to do it is to play once through and then do a new game plus to get the true ending um no i mean i got the good i guess i got i got a dissatisfactory no i could have sworn i got the good ending i i I don't know i I don't know what i got i don't want to spoil it for those who haven't played it it's still it's still my favorite it's still my favorite persona as as a whole i think persona 3 is probably the best persona but i think persona 4 it just it's the most um it's the most fun i've had with a persona I'll, i'll just leave it at that uh, because Persona One and Two, and the other two, because there's two different versions of two, uh, those are unique and especially of a time. But I think those are really hard to go back to, and they're kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, they're all so, kind of weird. Uh, Persona Three was was uh, an awesome game, and like if forward. you have a chance, play Persona Three Portable. That it, they updated the controls for a little bit for that one. That makes it a little bit more enjoyable. It doesn't have the the extra ending stuff that the FES version did uh, with the festival edition. Uh, but you can just YouTube that. And that's the best way to. So play 
if you have to play it, play Persona 3 Portable. Um, and that way you can get the better, the, the quality of life improvements, essentially. Um, but yeah, Persona 4, uh, I played that game. I got the bad ending, but kind of on purpose because I wanted to do the new game plus and then have everything souped up. But I, I look like a crazy person with, uh, you know, tabs open up on my tablet with all the like notes. I knew how to min max that game. I, but I, I specifically didn't want to spoil it for myself. And I, I did that charted it all myself. Whoa, and that's crazy. I did so much, I did so much save scumming just to see alternate paths. And I'm like, okay, so this is how this could be my optimum route in this game. Uh, yeah. That was the last time I went head over heels for a game so like that hard. Like before that was maybe Mass Effect 1. So yeah, that game was pretty amazing. I I do want to play uh five. I um, but I look at the hundred hour hundred hour count. And I'm like, gosh dang it. So um, it did come out for Switch, and I think it'd be a good Switch game. But there's so much other stuff to play right now. Um, so I don't think I'm gonna buy it at least right now. But I will. Gosh, I do I do want to try it for a couple hours and see how much I I like it. Um, and, uh, see if it is something that I could even think about approaching, trying to do. Um, I, I think I, I have a new philosophy on playing games and as much as I can, I want to try to just bash through, through them, just play as many hours as it takes in order to get them finished without starting something else. Um, cause there's so many things I leave on the back burner and it's like, I mean, it's, it's fine to like quit on a game, but but like, I don't want to quit and then come back to it. I want to quit it and be like, I know I don't want to play this game anymore. Um, so I think that's going to be my new philosophy. But Jean-Claude Royale, man, that's, that's going to be, that's a big one. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like they they introduced some new character, you know, new character, uh, some other, you know, fun stuff. But more or less, it's, uh, I, I, I would have a hard time justifying playing if you played the persona 5 to go ahead and play through royale unless if you just absolutely love it which is then by all means i mean uh i would say i would say the same thing with like golden you know essentially persona 4 golden but yeah persona 5 just it wasn't i think everyone's first persona like major persona game is going to be their favorite um and you know that's why Persona Three is pro- still probably my favorite, but at the same time, Persona Four, go- like the Golden specifically, I just think it hit me at the right time. I hit, you know, and it was just like uh, I fell for that one uh, really hard. Uh, so that's why I, I think the characters are so much like more like Golden than Persona Five. Dude, the characters so. in Persona Four Golden are like all timers, man. They are like all like all of them are just freaking great. Yeah, I mean, Ch- and Chie is is everyone's you know about Chie, but. The other characters are all very likable, um, and they're just, just an all-time cast. Yep. Nope. Kanji's Kanji's my 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 boy. He he's awesome as hell. He's funny. Uh, totally worth if like uh, I, when that's the, all I say is if you play the game halfway through, get to the summer event uh, and laugh your hat, laugh laugh your ass off, man. It's such a good a little event. Uh, I save scum that part. I went through that so many times just to see all the other alternate bits and it was hilarious uh i think it was troy baker who did the voice of him on that one and uh yeah so you know totally uh persona 5 works pretty well streaming but yeah if you never got a chance to play it for sure if you have access to uh game pass or like the switch now that it's on there it's totally worth picking it up um it's a fun game for sure 
All right. So what have you been playing, my man? So uh, I played a little bit of a game called Exapunks. It is a Zachtronics game. Uh, if you're not familiar with Zachtronics games, uh, I'll try to do my best to describe what they are. They're games about like programming and electrical type stuff. Like you're basically building a system and then making it run. Uh, that seems to be the long and short of a lot of these Zachtronics games. Um, so this particular game, you are the, the premise is that you are a a programmer uh, in the near future, like 2035, 2050, somewhere in there. And there is this disease called the phage um, that is sweeping through humanity and they have medicine for it, but it is expensive and you are poor and you used to be a hacker, but now you're not anymore. Um, but now you need money and there's no easy way for you to make money. Uh, so somebody contacts you on the internet um, and asks you, it's like a, this um, kind of cryptic lady program. And she uh, says, you know, I can get you the medicine. I can get you the money for the medicine, uh, but you got to do work for me. And so you kind of beat around the bush on that. And eventually you go, okay. And so um, you start doing some of the programming and stuff. Uh, it is, it's, it's really hard, man. Uh, this game, I'm sure the other Zachtronics games maybe are harder or easier or whatever, but, but this Exapunks is, it's tough, um, but it is really satisfying. So they give you a, a manual and you have to kind of read. It's not a very long manual and you kind of walk, walk through it. And um, you kind of have to read this manual. And as you do kind of each level in the, in the tutorial, I think the game like breaks open um, later on, but, but the tutorial by itself is hard enough. Um, and it's just a matter of like, you have like a, you have like a, uh, gosh, I can't think of all the coding terms, but Basically, you have a place where you write the code and then you have a side monitor where you see the the code that you've written in effect. Um, and you have to get it to where, like the, the programs always, they need you to execute this action like a thousand times. So you have to write the code so that it will execute the action on its own where you can just hit run and it'll do it in like lightning speed. Um, so, you know, putting this stuff together, like reading it, it's like, okay, I do this and do that. Okay. But, um, and it's, and it's, like I've said, it's, it's complicated, but once you kind of get it a little bit, um, and you finally get the dang code to run and the, and you pass the level, it's pretty satisfying. Uh, cause you're kind of realizing, okay, I read and I remembered and I learned and then I was able to do it and watch it like work and ching it, it goes. And then they gave you a little bit of story, you know, after that. So, um, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of fun. It is fun in its own kind of way. Uh, but man, it's, it's pretty hard. Have, have you ever played any of these electronics games? 
Um, I think they did. Was it Shenzhen? Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. And there is like Opus Magnum, which uh, best way to explain how that looks is it looks like um. Uh, it's like a gem. It looks like uh one of those old gem uh eliminating puzzle games. Uh, plays you know uh, but it's uh the one I was most interested in was uh Last Call. It might be. It last might have, Call BBS. Like, it might be like last. Yeah, they thank you. Okay, uh, yeah, last call BBS, and that was you know that was it. That was the last game uh, that they did as a company, if I remember correctly. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that 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 ended like they stopped making games after that. Uh, okay. So if I'm wrong, then by all means, please let me know. But I mean, uh, I thought this was that was was a newer one. This uh, Exapunks was a newer one, but. Um, yeah, because I think last that's part of like the I thought that was the whole point of like the tongue in cheek of, um, uh, little last, last call. call being you know the last call, the la- so. their last game like Final Fantasy or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it, it, that one had an art style that I really liked. Um, and no, like, but when it came to um, Exapump, it's essentially it's it's like code, it's like uh coding light, you know, game. It's a, or it's like it's like coding for beginners. You know, you have to have a sequence of this and that you know kind of deal and it's uh it's a very much if you don't know anything about coding and if you don't care then you're not gonna like this game (laughs) yeah you have to be willing to learn how you have to learn how to play the game they give you the tools to learn how to play it and you know that's that's all there is to it is you have to take the time now if you want something you can quick pick up play uh this isn't for you oh no gonna have to Oh no, this yeah. is not for you. Um, I, I will say that like uh, I did dabble in some coding, some Python back uh, five or so years ago, and um, it was cool. It was really hard to get things to run, but but it was cool to get you know stuff going. And this is definitely, this is definitely like a more interesting version like of that. You're not really doing anything. I mean, it's all it's all already programmed in the game. Um. But it is. It did give me that same feeling where it's like reading and then like checking and reading and checking. Um, the music in this, though, I did. I did want to say uh, is really good. It's a, it's a really good loop, and it's very, I don't know, like sl- this kind of slow vibe. That's not. That's not distracting at all. Um, and uh, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're not into programming, or things like programming then this game will not be fun for you. And even if you are like, this is, yeah, you're 100% right. This is not like a pick up and play on a, like a Saturday afternoon. Like, I don't feel like doing anything game. This is like a, I'm going to zone in and be 100% in this game for a while. Um, yeah, so Exapunks came out in uh, 2018. Oh, okay. Um, so, and it looks like uh, they did come out with a, uh, a solitaire game after last call so uh okay. last call came out in august of, of 2022 and it looks like according to steam uh september 6 is when they came out with the zectronics solitaire collection mm. All right. <laughs> so yeah uh yeah so i don't know what i was thinking when i thought it was supposed to be the last game but maybe maybe i just remember reading something long you know back then uh but yeah so that's i mean but for sure and i was right it was shenzhen uh was uh the uh, the game before uh opus magnum and both of those were just before um i mean they made they made shenzhen solitaire as well yeah and so it's kind of uh 
It, but yeah, then the X, Exopunk was the next big game after those. It, it is definitely like an interesting. It's kind of sad that the that the studio's defunct now, but like it is a definitely an interesting type of game that should exist. Um, I'm sure I'm they, sure they'll make other great things. It's just you know I don't know maybe it'll be under a different name or maybe uh, I was just incorrect and maybe they're they're, they're still running strong. You know because this is as of you know if they released released uh, last August. So, mm, you know, it's that's pretty recent. Still some, you know, they could still be having some things down the pipeline. I mean, so we'll see. Uh, but no, I'm glad you're liking that game. It's just, uh, yeah, you're really into hard stuff right now. Like you like, you know, and plus anything with the word punk in it, it seems like to be your thing. Yes, I am punk to my core. Um, so that is definitely true. But yeah, like I'm definitely not going to I'm not going to play any more of this game. Like I, I kind of fired it up a little bit uh, before the podcast. And I was like, I hadn't played it in a long time. And I was like. I don't remember it, and this is really this is really hard. Um, so I'm not going to play it anymore, especially because I've got other things to play too. But um, it was it was cool, it was cool once. All right, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, all right, well, all right. Now I guess to what we've been watching. Uh, all right, so I'll quick start us off on. Uh, I've been watching the. I actually I went ahead and they've I found out they dubbed uh the season 1 of The Daily Life of the Immortal King. And this one is uh a Chinese I believe it's Chinese anime. Um uh, I and it's like well it's completely in Chinese. But I'm just not sure what studio like where it's located exactly. Uh, and this was on Netflix uh for a while. And I was interested. I'm just like, I'm not going to sit and read this. I just don't have the time. And then I found out it got dubbed. So uh, I went ahead and just uh, binge watched all of that. And it was like 15 episodes, I think. Uh, it was good. It's the, I guess, elevator pitch is, uh, you know, kids have powers. Um, essentially, like, you know, uh, they have different abilities and power levels. And this is all um, done in kind of a, a Chinese, you know, the Chinese mythology art style. So they have, uh, you know, if you've any watched any of the old Chinese kung fu movies or anything like that, you kind of have some of that concept. Uh, but essentially, it's uh, kids go to school to hone their craft and everyone excels in their own kind of abilities. And the main kid or the main character is a um, he's just all powerful. Uh, that's all there is to it he's he is completely god tier uh incredibly strong uh one punch man's like style except for the fact that his parents have to um they he or they kind of nerf his ability so therefore but it also stunts his emotion so he becomes very um bland and you know it's just uh it becomes a like a school slice of life kind of thing where the episode's it's it's chill uh but there is kind of an overarching story and i don't know i found it enjoyable there's there's at least two season uh, there's at least a second season and i think a third one on the way uh and so i'm hoping those get dubbed as well i mean uh the main character it really reminds me of a more action oriented um uh the disastrous life of psyche k and that one is just that's just a you know a comedy series. You can also watch that a little bit. Like I think season three is on Netflix dubbed. They dubbed season one, hilarious and great. Season two came out, 
never got a dub and then season three came out and that one netflix got a hold of um so and it's i think it's voiced by different cast as well so not only have different voicing but also you're skipping like it's referring to things that happened in season two so it was just like i i'm not gonna watch this um so yeah i I don't know why i don't know what the licensing issue or whatever was the problem with the, the second season uh, but that that's a really funny series, uh, Psyche K, and it's that one is uh, is very self aware. It's a gag, you know, gag uh, manga, or you know, uh, so it's it's all about laughter and comedy. But that character is equally the all powerful kind, and except for he nerfs himself and he just finds everyone annoying because he's psychic and he can read everyone's mind. Uh-huh. Uh, while the main character of the Immortal King, uh, he's just. Like I said, he's just super powerful, and nothing can you know phase him essentially. But he's, uh, it's it's a fun action thing. It has a it has a, I found the opening uh, opening song you know intro theme tamer what do you want whatever you want to call it. I found that to be enjoyable. It was it's like it's different. It has a little bit of a little bit of dubstep, which I'm not really the big a fan of. But it was just like it was a fun uh, opening tamer, and I'm like okay. Uh, they they do enough silly stuff like they have a a demon beast essentially they call a demon king who's a a giant frog and it it eventually accidentally gets merged with like a dog spirit and so you get you get this like uh shiba inu looking thing that is all green like a frog and has frog eyes and so everyone dubs the dog froggy too uh so that's literally its name is froggy too uh because they know it's like the frog spirit from before so like yeah it's froggy too uh it's just it's silly uh i found it good though uh you know like i said that's really it on that front uh the other thing i watched and i told you about it and you ended up binge watching it in like two days i guess um it was about two days yeah. yeah uh romantic killer so, Which is a bit uh, of a confusing name. Uh, I think it should be. It's more along the lines of romance killer, because when I whenever you told me romantic killer, I was like, is that like someone who is romantic and then kills or something? But anyway, go ahead and uh, explain some of the premise. Yeah, because it's supposed to be romantic thriller, so they're playing the they're playing on the words there um and it's it works better in japanese a little bit yeah because uh, it's kira um but yeah this one is uh this one's all on netflix so you can easily watch it and uh i ended up yeah it's essentially a girl who is who, she has three loves uh one is um uh, her video games okay. two is chocolate and three probably the most important is her cat uh and with those three things, she needs nothing else. She doesn't need friends. She doesn't need uh, you know, romance. She doesn't need anything. She just has those three, and she's happy with her life. Um, and essentially, little man- magical spirit thing comes out of the TV from and like says, "Hey, I'll give you that ro- that dating sim uh, life, you know, IRL." And uh, by by the way, in order to make you play, I've now stripped you of all the three things that you love. So if you want to get these things back, you have to fall in love with one of these main, uh, a main protagonist, just like a, you know, a dating game. And she uh, wholeheartedly hates this notion and will do everything she can to fight it. And that's where the killer comes in, involved because it's supposed to be a romantic thriller. 
and then her brain's like, I'll be the romantic killer. Yeah, so yeah, so she's trying to get um so she's very against all this, like you said. Uh and it's uh <laughs> the the premise in the first episode is really funny. The premise is pretty is is pretty good. They do a good job of of kind of setting it up and then uh, introducing this magical that they don't ever say what it is, right? He, he they call themselves a wizard. I know, but like that's like a <laughs> that's like a job, not an animal. And it's yeah. some kind of like so, pseudo round egg shaped bear colored thing. Um, it's the magical girl in any magical girl anime. It's their like familiar. Yeah, essentially. it's like a familiar in a weird way. And its name is Riri, um, which is uh, which is fine. Um, and it, it, it Riri is pretty funny. Uh, Riri does a pretty good job of being kind of ridiculous and having like all kinds of stuff. Like they pop up like when the game first starts. Uh, Riri shows uh, the main girl uh, Anzu. I think that's what they called her. It shows her like the, all this fine print in uh in with chinese characters and anzu was like like what like i don't want to read all this and so uh and so they kind of keep referring back to that where where uh riri is like it was in the fine print it was in the fine print and anzu just kind of kind of keeps getting pissed off but um yeah i i like this um i thought it was uh pretty strong in the start and uh, the story got a little bit less strong to me as it went on, but like, uh, what did you think about it as it went on? Yeah. Uh, as a whole, uh, it's, it comes off, uh, interesting enough because the, the way the animation's done, uh, they, they like to play around with the eyes. Uh, everyone has either, um, like they'll have either octagonal hexagonal or like cat like pupils. Mm -hmm. And they like to rotate that amongst the characters depending on the scene. Uh, they'll they'll make the during certain gag moments they'll make the person heavily outlined, that and was almost it. a paper cutout, you know, like version of themselves. They do that on a number of occasions, or they'll make her or someone else they'll they'll make their facial expressions look super deformed and like overly masculine that was uh, that was the funniest part was whenever or one of the funnier parts uh as the series goes when she uh when when anzu is um being specifically like anti-heroine or like not the like she just doesn't want to be like a girly girl uh um, and she does stuff. It they redraw her to where it's the same. It's the same. It's the same like the same hair and the same clothes. But it's clearly like a very masculine man uh, that's been it's, redrawn. It, I think it's it's it kind of makes reference in my brain to uh, what they would do as a um, fist of the North Star or something. Yeah, like that. it's like that. And then she's got like these massive forearms and biceps and like the square jaw and like cleft chin and stuff like that. Uh, it's really funny. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty hilarious whenever she shifts over to that. Um, Cause, and then, yeah, the, uh, the, the outline, the strong outline drawings, I noticed that pretty early on. That's a really cool way to kind of turn it into, to, I don't know, signify that this is a, 
funny part, I don't know, to make them kind of really cut out and make them into a kind of a comic strip version of themselves. Yeah, and they it's kind of like a a weird like this is my awkward moment or something along those lines too, like you know, uh but helps helps it like lessen the cringe factor. <laughs> uh Yeah. No, it's it, the uh don't want to say too much with us with you know, without giving a lot of it away but yeah it's just uh there's a number of um potential candidates uh, love interests that, that come into her life um i feel uh, the candidate uh i'll just say without saying how many candidates there are candidate three uh yeah i'll say yes and no <laughs> to your to your uh hand gestures there yeah. uh but the um but yeah there's uh candidate three was the weakest yeah i mean that person yeah. improved a, a bit uh but at the same time you can kind of claim that candidate two is pretty weak because there's a one one trick pony but i did like their story uh and then there's a couple bits where uh there is a heavy drama like for one or two episodes uh they don't really drag the those drama scenes out too long and different characters and different friends will have their own drama sequences as well but it's not overly done and that's actually at least refreshing it doesn't drag the whole mood down too far um and it's unique it's just they do provide an you know interesting backstories to side characters as well not just necessarily the the main yeah i was kind of uh i was kind of um impressed with some of the side characters that they went into depth on um there's some stuff some stuff around a karaoke scene where one of the side characters is kind of um like majorly so like majorly side he's a very side character and not really relevant <laughs> to oh yeah i think i know which one you're talking about okay yeah that guy is like it's like i, I it was just kind of like so we're going into this guy's backstory now all right that's interesting but it, it was it, it was interesting uh and it wasn't it wasn't belabored and it didn't feel like it shouldn't be there or anything. Um, I was actually kind of impressed at how well it fit in with the rest of what everything else was going on. Yeah. Um, but as far as childhood, I will, I will spoil this part. It's very minor, but it's uh, and it's a side character, side side character. But like they confess their feelings, uh, and then they come back to the gr- like they go off. They were with a group of friends. This person goes to the side, confesses their feelings to Anzu. Anzu immediately shoots him down, just like hardcore. Like you know, before he up, finishes. Nope. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, you listen, at least let me finish. Nope. Uh, and so then when he goes back to the group, the, the entire group of friends just like, you know, party poppers and like, congratulations on getting your first love crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, getting rejected. Yeah. It was, that was pretty good. Um, you know, it's, and then some of the side characters I think are actually pretty well done uh love interest number two uh his classmates uh they they uh they like to dig into him in a good way mm-hmm. and i i like the way they do that like it's just you know this whole bit about uh his his lunch being made and he's trying to cl- write it off as like no no it's my my sibling made this for me it's all burned and, like, and stuff yeah it's just like and they're like you wouldn't be this happy if like if your sibling made this for you and then he's just like and then he ends up taking a photo for it. he's like he's like why are you taking a photo if your sibling made this you don't like you know like you know, the person you love made this for you we know you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he, he's all right um they, they do kind of set it up uh yeah the, the third third dude is 
is like they they could have come with that a little bit stronger. I didn't think the I no, didn't his look, introduction is his introduction is great. His introduction is great, but as far as like as far as like the rest it, of it, yeah. the rest of him is like oh I don't this guy's definitely like the obvious like third fiddle. Um, and you know, I, I didn't listen to that part in Japanese. I watched some of these episodes in Japanese and it was, uh, it was, it's, it's well acted and stuff. Um, I actually think that Riri might be better in Japanese, but anyway, it's not a thing, but, uh, this guy's English, uh, the number three's, uh, English voice actor just didn't fit to me. Uh, and just the personality in general wasn't all that great. But the other thing I wanted to say was, uh, this anime it's set in a high school. It's set uh, during high school, but almost everything about this anime feels like it wants to be in college or post-college. Like, like the characters, they, they, they all have to contrive ways to live alone um, and get the parents out of there. And it's like everything that they do is is like stuff that adults would do and they're on their own and stuff like that a lot uh and the school stuff just seems like it's in the way to me it seems like it should be it should be everybody and they work at the same company uh but i don't know that's that just seems like it would have been an easier way to write it to me no see the thing is i think you lose a big part of that uh because the whole point of the whole point and gag of the bit is uh, anime anime characters have no families. That's just how it is. You never see their family. All the shit goes down in the house. Uh, where are the parents at all times when this like when the the harem situations or go on? You never see the parents. I did get that, that was well... part of the gag to like get like Anzu's like is ridiculous how Anzu's parents just like well, leave the country in the first dad's episode. Like, I'm on a bit. I just got I just got transferred for work, and she's like. You work at the post office. Why do you? Why are you getting transferred to America? You know. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, and so, but that's it's 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 in order to get her. She realizes it's part of her living the quote unquote game, and she has to be alone. And then, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's yeah. a, a silly way. Like that's how they got they 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 swarm player number two, uh, or you know, boy number two into the house because of reasons. And that's like you know. Character one ha- has their reasons, and that's that flushes out their backstory. I guess once again, anime protagonists always have to be a, that, essentially almost always be alone. They do <laughs> a good job of of turning that into it, like turning the the contrivances into a joke. Um, but I just felt like there were still a lot of points where it's like this show it wants it wants to be more adult than it it wants to be more adult than it is. Um, and I was kind of, I don't know. That's just something that I thought as I was watching it, not necessarily like something that I would like that I would fight for exactly, but that's just the feeling I got still though. Um, especially when it gets serious, like like when it gets kind of serious toward the end there, I was kind of like, this show really wants to be more serious than it. And even than it's even able to be right now, kind of because of the situation. But I don't know. Will this show get a season two, or it seemed like they left? Not it. that I'm aware of. It, it so the uh, it ends. It ends with um, a clear like open door for a season two, uh, but 
honestly, if it never got a season two, it would be fine enough. Like yeah. they conclude a lot of the major arcs, and there's not, you know, there's there's a want for more, but there's not necessarily a need. It's not like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I mean, but they they clearly set it up, um, you know, for um for the second part. Uh, one yeah, like... of the things is I'll mention though too is the whenever they mention about like how this is uh, in relation to a romantic dating sim they use the best worst character models from like a p oh, like a yeah. janky ass ps2 graphics I forgot game about that <laughs> because they always show like a prince like oh, oh like if you see this girl surrounded by different guys they're just these scrawny deformed super deformed uh lanky ps2 character models that are supposed to be representing the uh you know the guy and girl in a love scenario of one sort or another and it's i don't just, know how they great. designed those those are just they're so they're so horrible and perfect all all at once um yeah that when i first saw that i was like okay yeah these people went next level because they're like full cg they're like full you know c- computer generated models um and they look so stupid but so perfect for the thing that they're trying to get across um yeah yeah anyways but yeah you were saying like uh the how it ends uh, is uh you know leaves it open i think it was like that that last scene or one of the very close last scenes is like i'm not gonna say what it is but it is like a very like oh well that is something that is definitely could change the game very much if they ever do a second season which i looked it up and there i think there's four volumes of this anime so sorry four volumes of the manga for this anime uh, which is not all that much so i kind of wonder how much uh if they if a season two would actually finish up everything that there is or i don't know if it's ongoing or anything but anyway i thought that was interesting yeah uh it was, it was very unexpected i had no idea um uh... And so that's it was just a pleasant surprise to come across. I just gave it a, I gave it a shot. I'm like, and then, yeah, I ended up just watching the whole thing in the course of like a couple like a week. Um, all right, and uh, on that note, uh, there's only one other thing I've really been uh, worth mentioning, and I was happy that it finally got dubbed. Uh, but it's uh, essentially it's uh, welcome to Demon School, uh, or uh, Irama Kun. So this is uh, season three. And I really like season one and two. It's a fun, just, uh, you know, it's a comedy. It's just, uh, it's just kind of like a warm anime. It's, it's not really, a, there's now not a lot of high drama. It's, fu- it's funny. It's entertaining. Uh, though, unfortunately, one of the voice actors uh, is no longer uh, with us. Um, so if uh, the... Billy uh, Ka- uh, Kometz, um, the other, otherwise known as like the Shield Hero. Uh, unfortunately, he had passed away earlier this year, mm-hmm. and so having season three, uh, he voices uh, Asmodeus, and it's uh, I don't know who vo- who does the voicing like of of him now, but unfortunately, it's just yeah, it, you it's most definitely a loss there. You can tell that there is. Um, uh, this person is just kind of trying to mimic the voice, but doesn't have. It falls a little flat. It doesn't, ha- you know, doesn't have a lot of that those um, high notes, and it just it misses a lot of this punchiness. Uh, you know, it's just it is just someone trying to do an impersonation essentially and try to come close, and they kind of come close to sounding, but because they're missing 
you know, it's, it's you're it's a tough situation when you have to replace somebody. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's a director so, issue. If the director's like, well, sound like him. It's like, no, dude, you got to bring somebody in and they got to give you their best. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. And the people who are watching is going to go, well, that sounds different. It's like, well, yeah, but the guy passed away. So this is what we have. And he's a, you got to let the voice actor interpret it the on, you know, on their own. You can't mimic somebody else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough task to be in because, you know, it's like, how much do you pay homage to what it is or what it was? And, uh, but then how much do you make of it as your own? You know, if you come in, you know, if you come in too different, no one's good. Everyone's just going to hate it. Like, you know, you come in and for, and, and you change them to like a Southern draw, then they're like, you know, everyone's going to riot. So, but that granted, you you know, there's, it's just, I feel overall, they do a good job, you know, trying to sound like it. It's just, but there is just not as much. Um, yeah, there's just the key, like around the edges. It's just a little flat, you know, it's like, there's not enough life into that character. Um, so yeah, it's just, unfortunately, just another, you know, these, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize they had passed away until I started watching Shield Hero season two. Yeah. And I just never finished season two of Shield Hero. I just watched like the first couple episodes and I just couldn't get into it. I think I got into like, I got to like episode five or six. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm not. I just, it, it ended up devolving into a different kind of show than the, than the, the first season's premise was based on. Even the first season kind of devolved into just another kind of shonen thing. Um, and season two got even into more, more into that. Um, the stuff about the shield hero kind of rising or like the kind of tough times that he has is sort of the, the point to me. And then, uh, and then season two, it kind of blows a lot of that away. So, uh, yeah, but it's really sad that, uh, that guy passed away and that this show, uh, welcome to demon school. Is, uh... Yeah, Iramakun. Yeah, uh, it's it, like I said. I he's one of the he's one of the main best friends. In the, you know, so he's a very prominent character. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, Billy Kamet. Uh, uh, he like you know as as good of a voice actor as he was. Like, uh, ended up winning um, for Shield Hero. Actually, uh, Crunchyroll. You know, had like a like an award for best voice actor, and they you know he won that. So for his role as uh was that now Fumi? Yeah. Uh, so I mean he's very talented and just um, it was just sad to see him go so early. Um yeah. you know it's colon cancer. So uh yeah uh unfortunately I hate to bring it down on that. Uh no but it's you know <laughs> Irumakun is worth a watch. I re- I still recommend it. Uh and most definitely check out you know uh Billy's previous works because they're they're pretty pretty solid. So yeah. Uh, anything else you've been? You anything else you got to watch? I mean, I, I did just finish watching before the podcast uh, on Netflix. All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, it's a it's a German film. Uh, just came out a few weeks ago. Wasn't there an based all- off the old book? So wasn't there another? Wasn't there an All Quiet on the Western Front came out like decades ago? Isn't yeah, that... it's it's based it's, it's it's all based off an old book. Um, okay. Super super old book. Uh I could have sworn that the first one was about the the um 
uh, it's not really Axis and Allies because World War One, but uh, about the the British American side. Um, but uh, anyway, this is about this is pretty good. It was uh, it's about Germany um, and World War One, and um, it's about the end of the war. And it's okay. A, it's it's over there. I'm a, I have a copy of it back there that I've. It was uh yeah. It's it's it used to, it used to be mandatory reading for us back in early middle school. Okay. So. Well, anyway, this movie. Um, they spent a lot of money on it. It looks really good. It's definitely a um, high budget film. Uh, and it's just about the the horrors of war and how how dumb war is, especially World War One. Man, like you can really put you can really put um. World War One uh, up there. Anytime you want to talk about the stupidity of the stuff that happens in war, which is a, a big long conversation, but um, but this movie really highlights that and kind of shows um, just just shows that in a really kind of punishing way um, and how it goes. It's like a two and a half hour movie. Um, I was kind of surprised it was all in German, but it's it's all in German. They do uh, offer a, uh, a British English dub. Um, that's how it started, and I was like, "Oh, I want to watch this," and actually watch this in German. Uh, so I did. Um, but th th there's different options there. But yeah, if you're in, if you want to watch a sad movie about World War One, um, then then All Quiet on the Western Front is uh, is definitely. Something you can watch on Netflix. Um, looks like we're getting some things added to the docket here in the last second. Uh, you got well, something was, else for us, I was us, just Joe. making sure to mention that we have that we we list uh, all quiet on the Western Front, and then uh, yeah, I forgot to I mentioned to you uh, before the uh, we recorded, but the Simpsons, uh, the Treehouse of Horrors, uh, they ended up making a Death Note uh, episode or Death Tome, as they call it in this one. Uh, it's so what makes this unique is it's not just spoofing uh, Death Note, but they completely draw the characters uh, in an anime style. Uh, it's I'm I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm I I would be confident to say that like the guys who made the Boondocks is in like that kind of art style. Yeah. So it's like quasi anime, really crisp, good looking art style, and. So like Lisa and the rest of them, they're all you know uh, appropriately. They're no longer yellow. Essentially, is what they are. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it is very very good uh, reference material, and it's just it's stupid. It's and I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just a little short episode, two of the three episodes for the Treehouse of Horrors. And uh, if you get a chance to, and if you like Death Note, uh, and you want to see a good like little parody on it, doesn't take very long. I'd say give it a watch. Yeah, I definitely plan on watching this uh, here here in just a minute. Um, we were talking about it before, and it it sounds Simpsons uh, has not been interesting to me in a long time, but this sounds like it might be right up my alley, and and, and pretty hilarious. So I want to I want to try it out. But yeah, anyway, so I think that's all that I've got. Um, yep, likewise, man. Uh, that is it. Uh, so we'd just like to thank you guys for 
uh, you know, sticking with us. Uh, once again, this is episode 30 of Another Dead Pixel. Uh, we are recording this a little earlier than normal. Uh, so we're, it's on a Thursday this time around, uh, the 11th. Or no, 11, I'm sorry, uh, November 3rd. And yeah, I hope you guys have a good one. And until next time, take it easy. All right. See you later. Four. Four.